little bit late, they have an opportunity to grab a seat, and our volunteers are passing around um, our, our giving bags. So if you have something, go ahead and drop it in there. If not, pass it along. And then, um, happy Sunday. So glad you guys are here. Hey, I know that there's a lot of you here um, who had uh, winter formal last night or uh, some dance of some kind. Yeah, give it up. If you were at winter formal last night, make some noise. Here we go. Whew. I've heard mixed reviews on the different schools, winter formals. Some were great. Some were not so great. My hope is that you were able to have a good time with your friends and or your date. Um, uh, and I hope, I hope this for you all. I hope that whenever you find yourself at a dance, from this point moving forward, the joy of the Lord will be your strength, and you will dance all night long. Um, and so uh, if you are here for the first time, welcome. My name is Ryan. I am so glad that you're here. Um, and so one thing that you have found yourself in the midst of, this is Servant um, Volunteer Month. And so we are celebrating servants and, and pushing people who are not serving to be a part of the church in serving God's kingdom. And so um, Jamie Fuller, who you may know very well or may not know at all, our servant coordinator, also one of our amazing small group leaders um, here in GSM, um, she created this incredible opportunity for us this entire month. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass these around, and it's just going to be a stack to both sides. And what it is is it's a prayer card. Um, and it's got a specific person's name on this, who is serving here at the church, um, who is serving God's kingdom here at the church. And um, I would ask that you would take one and just commit to saying a prayer for them um, over the next week. And it can be whatever you want. Um, it can be um, whatever prayer. It tells you uh, who they are. It tells you what ministry that they serve in. And just take it. And here's the thing. If you're like, hey, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm not going to pray. It's just not like, it's, if you're not there yet, that's okay. You can just take the whole stack and pass it to the person that's beside you. Um, and so it's just a great way. There's over 800 of these cards that are going out in circulation today between here and all over the church, and there's places. And the other thing, too, is if, if, if you find yourself at the back this morning and the cards don't get back to you because they've been taken, if you walk out of here, down the hallway, right before the atrium, the big window place, there, there's a bunch of these that are still hanging. Um, and so we want to pray for everybody who's serving and volunteering here. And so I'm going to pass these. If, if you pass the whole stack, that's fine. No worries. Um, but if uh, you want to grab one of those and pray for that person in that ministry, um, I would encourage you to do that. The only reason I would ask you to not take that card if you see a specific name is if it is your own. Because there are some of you in here who are serving on a regular basis, whether it's in the band or in children's ministry or in the sound booth or whatever that might be. Um, so if you get your own name, say, I'm going to put that one on the bottom so someone else can pray for me so that I can pray for someone else. And so thank you guys for that. The other thing, too, um, just wanted to let you know real quick, as you were walking in, you saw our paintings from uh, the last series that we just wrapped up last week, What's Your Word? And you saw the words in the back as well. Um, if you were walking in this week and you're like, hey, I was here for this, that series, but I was not here Last week, essentially what it was is we encouraged you guys, I encouraged you guys, um, small group leaders, uh, parents alike, to, if you identified with the word throughout that series, to sign it. Um, and so if you were not here last Sunday and you were like, I did not get to sign a word, there will be some Sharpies on the back table. Just grab one and sign those pictures. Be a little bit gentle with them. It was a little hard to hang them and they're not incredibly secure. So just do your best with that. But it's a great way um, for me or you to walk into the room and see a name on there and pray for that person. 
This last Friday, uh, we did that as a staff. I brought the entire staff down here. We, we looked at the paintings and we looked at the pictures and we looked at the art and um, I, I encouraged and challenged our staff to pick a name or a discipline specifically and to pray for that. And so know that if your name is on that, uh, one of those words, you were prayed for intentionally this week. And so if you weren't able to sign that last week, I encourage you to do that so that so that this group of people and the body of believers can intentionally pray for you as you're pursuing growth, rest, hope, or obedience in 2019. So with that being said, um, we're jumping into a brand new series today called Commissioned. Where over the next three weeks, we're going to look at the great commission that Jesus gave to us. It was the last thing that he said before he ascended into heaven after he resurrected from the dead. And he gave us the great commission so that we as believers know what we are supposed to do in our lives. As we are engaging with other people, as we are trying to bring others along in their relationship with Jesus, uh, Jesus has given us some very specific instructions on what we are supposed to do. And so in seeing what we're supposed to do, it gives us something to shoot for, but it also relieves us of some responsibilities that sometimes we lay on ourselves thinking that it is our responsibility to do these things that only God can do. And so we're going to look at that over the next couple weeks. Um, also, plug next week, we have the opportunity, and we're going to be baptizing um, right out. We're going, to, we're going to meet together like we normally do, but we're going to cut out early, and we're going to go to the big room, and we're going to experience baptisms, where there are going to be 10 people that are baptized, three who most of you probably don't know, um, six students, and one small group leader. Um, so don't... Yes, 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 yes. So, like... If you're here this week, don't miss next week. And if your friend's not here, tell them to get back here next week so that we can experience that and celebrate that together as we watch our peers, um, those who are leading us, um, and those who are um, beyond where we are, who are, are going to declare that they love Jesus through baptism. And so that's all what's to come up. Also, next week, we'll teach through what baptism looks like, why we do it, that whole thing. But we'll get there next week. But for today, I would love to encourage you um, to open up your Bible, if you have one, um, to the, the book of Matthew right at the end. Um, it's uh, the first gospel. So we have Matthew, then Mark. Um, it's in the New Testament. So go ahead and flip open to the last page of Matthew, chapter 28. Um, and where we're going to land is, is chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And so to, as you're flipping there, and if you, know, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to look off your neighbor. If you look to your neighbor to your right and to your left, they don't have one. The words will be on the screen for you um, to follow along. But go ahead and flip to Matthew chapter 28, um, verse 16. And just to give you a little bit of context, um, so where we find ourselves, this is the last thing that Matthew records that Jesus has said to the disciples, to believers, and to us this morning. And so um, Jesus has lived his life. Um, he, he has executed his earthly ministry. He has shown us what we need to do, how we need to treat others, how we need to love God, how we need to love others. He has gone to the cross willingly. He has died. He has laid down our, his life for you, for me, for everyone in this room, for those who are still lost and those who are saved. Jesus has laid down his life. He died. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He, lived, he, he came back and, 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 and engaged with people for about 40 more days, and we pick up right here where he is getting ready. This is the last thing that he's going to say before he ascends into heaven. And so this is, this is the great commission. 
If you walk through the hallways of the church, right in the, in the, in the uh, main hallway here, we have um, the information desk. Above it, it says the great commandment and the great commission. These are two things that we as a church are saying we are deeply committed to. And so this is something that as believers, as GSM, as high school students, we must be deeply committed to if we have a relationship with Jesus. And so this is what it says. It says this, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for your word and how you have been uh, very, very specific in what you're calling us to do. And Father, I pray that, that in, in reading this, it would free us, that we would say, I know exactly what I need to do, and I know what I don't have to worry about. I know what God is going to do, but I know what he has called me to do. And so as we engage with this, Father, I pray that it would, it would, it would free us, but it would also give us something that we are striving for as believers to help others along to um, connect with others as they are pursuing your son, as we are pursuing your son. And so, Father, I, I give you this morning, we're, we're grateful that we get to experience you um, through your word, through your Holy Spirit, through your love, through singing, through interacting with others, through just so many incredible things. And so, Lord, it's my prayer this morning that we would understand what you've called us to do and that we would boldly go after it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And so... <clears throat> um, this message today um, is called Small Investments, okay? This is not a, a finance lesson, but it is called Small Investments. Um, and most of you in here, if you've been here for a short amount of time, you know my buddy Marshall. Um, he's, he's my best friend. He's like my little brother. Um, and as I was reflecting on this, it brought to mind the reality of, of Marshall and where he is and how our relationship has grown and developed. And like, as like, here's the cool thing. Like we kind of had a small commissioning where we talked about what he was going to do next. And he's now at River Tree, um, beginning the processes of, of, of pursuing to plant a church. And so, um, I, I love that he's there. I'm sad that he can't be here anymore, but I'm excited to see what he has, uh, what God has planned for him. And so as I was reflecting on my relationship, my friendship, um, with Marshall, I felt back to the early days. Like there was, a, believe it or not, there was a moment where your best friend um, or your sibling, maybe a younger sibling, was not your best friend or your sibling. Like there was a season of life where you, somebody would say, hey, who's your best friend? And it was like Barney, you know, or an imaginary friend, or I don't know, like, like you were the youngest sibling, maybe you still are, but there was a season where your best friend right now might be the person sitting beside you, might be the person that, that is in your mind right now, they were not your best friend. There was a season, there was a moment, there was a time of life where your best friend you did not even know existed in this world. And that's how it was for Marshall and I. I'll never forget as I was um, in, my, in my old role at New Point, um, somebody walked up to me and said, hey, have you met this guy, Marshall Mason? And I go, no. Name sounds familiar, but I've, I've, I've never met him. 
she said, well, you got to meet him. He's, you know, he's, he's, he started to come to church and he wants to get involved. And so I said, sounds great. And so in this, in this, uh, in this interaction, I, I, I said, all right, how do, can you give me his number? Can you connect us somehow? And so she said, next week I'll introduce you. And so the next week I get to church and I, I meet this, this, this guy, Marshall Mason. And I've never heard of him. I'm like, he's got a catchy name. Um, but that's about all I knew about him. <clears throat> and so um, my natural response is like, hey, let's grab coffee sometime in the next week and get to know one another. And so we're sitting there um, meeting for coffee and he's talking to me. He says, Ryan, I really, I'm really wanting to get involved in student ministries as a leader. So I said, well, hey, tell me a little bit about your story. Tell me about your life. Um, and so he tells me about his story, kind of his background, um, and that recently, with, like within the last three months of our, of our conversation, he really began to make some, some life decisions that he turned away from the world and decided to start pursuing Jesus in a new way. And so um, at that moment, I told him, hey, I don't know that you're ready to, to lead in a, in a capacity of a small group leader, but if you're really committed to this, I would love to walk beside you and, and, and do life with you to help you see some of the things that you need to begin to develop and so that you can, so if, if you find yourself in a place where you begin to stumble and fall, you have somebody who can help you through this process of pursuing Jesus, turning from the world and going after him so that you can achieve the goal that you've set of being engaged and involved in the, the world of student ministries. And if he were to tell you, he would, go, he, he would tell you, Ryan, when you told me no, he goes, it pissed me off. If we're honest, and he would tell you that here this morning, but I was saying, hey, you're just not ready yet. You're not there. And so what Marshall did in his frustration or his anger, that we do usually do one of two things. We either say, you know what, forget you, I'm out of here. Or we say, I'm going to prove you wrong. And Marshall had that mentality. He goes, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to show you that I should be one of your small group leaders. And so that led to the point where Marshall and I began an incredible relationship. We began to do life together. Um, at this point, he was not married to his wife. He was very single. Um, and... and <laughs> And, um, and he wasn't ready for a relationship, and he knew that, and I helped him through that, and we talked through that. But it was really, really cool because we would, we would have lunch together, or we would, we, would, we would have coffee together, or he would swing by the office and talk through maybe some things that, that he had been learning um, as he had been pursuing God in a greater way. Um, and it led to the point where he's like, Ryan, it's not just that I feel like I'm being called to volunteer and to serve and to give of my time in student ministries from a servant capacity, I feel like God may be calling me into full-time vocational ministry. Um, and so I said, hey, man, well, let's talk about this. And so he actually ended up becoming my intern um, in my old role. Um, and we got to uh, work together for a year. I use the word work lightly because we didn't get a whole lot done in that year, um, but we had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> to the to the point where um, Marshall said, hey, I am ready to make the public decision to declare my faith in Jesus, and I'm going to be baptized. Ryan, will you do that? Will you baptize me? Like, incredible, like, absolutely incredible opportunity to baptize the person who was a good friend of mine, who would become uh, my best friend, who would become like a brother to me, to the point where we continue to grow, and he meets Michelle, and we continue to navigate through that, and he's able to say, hey, Ryan, I'm thinking possibly about marriage, and I don't know, like, it's scary, and how do you know, and all these crazy things, to the point where he finally asks her, and he goes, Ryan, will you be my best man? And like, I, like 
incredible honor. It's like just shows love. And I always give him a hard time that he didn't come to our wedding because at the time when I got married, he was 14. And so, um, you know, I always say, dude, you stiffed me on our wedding, and he, but I showed up for years. And so, but all of these different things to the point where he's like, I feel like God is calling me into ministry and I'm going to begin to pursue this in new ways. And we've done life together. And all along the way, there was never, I mean, there were big moments. The day that Marshall chose to be baptized, like that was a big moment. The day that Marshall and Michelle got married, that was a big moment. And there have been big moments since then. But the reality is our relationship has become what it is because of small investments that were made all along the way. Like what led us to the point where I had the opportunity to baptize him and I had the opportunity to stand beside him when he was saying, I am making a commitment to this woman for the rest of my life. Like to the point where I was, we were able to stand beside him here and say, hey, Marshall is going out and preparing to plant a church and do incredible things for God's kingdom, for, for God's glory. Those were big moments. But what we don't see, what we often miss is the small investments that came along the way that I made into his life and that he made into my life. Like what we don't see, what, what I didn't talk about there, I talked about a couple coffees, but Marshall and I have had coffee together over 100 times. We've consumed probably close to a million calories together in meals and in, in, in Chipotle and all across the board. And we have spent, like if you combined all of the time that we've spent together, it would be probably months in months, if not years and years of direct time that we've spent and done life together. I mean, every time I get up early and I go and I work out with Marshall, or every time we say, hey, what are you and Michelle doing for dinner? And we have them come over for dinner or just to hang out. Whatever. We make small investments and know that this is not just me investing in his life. He is investing in my life and Michelle is investing in my life and into Emily's life as well. But it's what it comes down to is small investments along the way. And I think that when we read something like the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed because that looks like a daunting task. Wait a second, God, you're calling me to go to the nations and make disciples of all people? Like I think we get, we get to this point where where it becomes, a, we read that and we go, wow, that's really hard. Like, like to make a disciple, like that's hard work. Baptize somebody, like that's, that's not easy to get to that point. Like teaching them to observe all that God has commanded us, like these are not easy tasks to complete. These are not easy tasks to pursue. But I think what we miss along the way is that Jesus modeled for us what this looks like. And while we see a lot of things in here, these, this, this, this collection of authentic events, it shows us some of those big moments. It gives us some glimpses of those small investments. But I believe that in God's word, we miss out on a lot of the small investments that Jesus made in the lives of others. Because let's be honest, if we did that, Matthew would be just like the size of a dictionary. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's um, I think it's in John. At the end of John, he says this. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did were every one of them to be written, very much like we just talked about. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And so know that these small investments are the things 
that Jesus did, that he's calling us to do so that we can experience the opportunities to fulfill the Great Commission. And so let's jump in. Let's see kind of what Jesus is calling us to do, but also know that this is not something that happens immediately. This is something that takes time. It takes a relationship. But when we make those small investments, we see that the Great Commission is, in fact, being fulfilled. So we see verse 16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Like, I love this. Right off the bat, obedience we see there. Jesus says, hey, guys, go to this place, and the disciples follow. They follow what Jesus has called them to do. And we can miss it. Like, I, we can easily read that. Now the 11 disciples <clears throat> went to Galilee, to the mountain, which Jesus directed them, and just blow past it. But we see obedience by the disciples. And I think that's what it is. Sometimes Jesus is calling us to a place, to a person. And all we need to do, like, right there, like, they had to walk from one place to another. Like, that's a small investment. And so what's the small investment that maybe Jesus is calling you to do? And maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a relationship. I don't know what it is, but maybe there's a place that God's calling you, and all you have to do is just show up and be obedient to that. Verse 17, And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And so they find themselves, Hey, I met Jesus where he told me to go. He was there, and we worshipped him because he is way better than we ever understood. Like, they understand that he is the Son of God. And when we understand that, like, it, it requires that we just have to say, hey, you know what, God, you told me to go here. I'm here and you're here, so I'm going to give you glory. And they worship him. But the thing that I love about this, it says, but some doubted. And that's the reality. Like, you may go to a place where you know that God is calling you a simple act of obedience. And when you get there, you go, thank you, God, for being here. Thank you for directing me. And there's other people there, maybe at your school, on your team, on your lunch table, wherever it might be. That when you get there and you give God the glory, they go, that's not God's. God doesn't exist. He's not real. This was coincidence, whatever, whatever it might be. Know that that's the reality of the world that we live in. When we find ourselves in a place where God has called us to and we act out in simple obedience, there will be others around us who say, you are not where you're supposed to be. You're following a fake God. How, no, how are you connecting those things? That's not real. That's just, that's just craziness. So just know that that exists. And then we get into the bulk of it. Verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority and in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Like he starts with this understanding, this declaration of, Hey, I am in authority over all things. The Father has given it to me and I, it is mine to do with what I please. And his response, he states that, but then automatically he gives us authority with what comes next. He gives us a direction, but in giving us a direction for those who are following him, he gives us authority. He gives us authority to go on his behalf to reach lost people, to reach those who need to pursue Jesus. For those who have been pursuing Jesus but are struggling in a season of life. He gives us authority to step into their lives and say, let's do this together. And so we go on. He gives the authority. He tells the, uh, the, gives it to us. And then he tells us, now with the authority that I have given you, this is what you are to do. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And I think sometimes when we interact with this, we see that. Go, there, go therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And we feel that this immediately is a call to overseas international missions, long term. This is, this is when, when, when my buddy Brett, who is a uh, missionary in Jordan, when he read this and saw this, he felt the Spirit say, go to the Middle East. Okay, And if you met Brett, I hope someday when he's back here visiting, you have the opportunity to meet him and engage with him. So picture in your mind what a Middle Eastern person looks like. Okay, Now my friend Brett is about 5'6", redheaded, and pale as can be. He sticks out like a sore thumb. But God called him to go and be a part of this. And I think sometimes when we read this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, our minds go, well, God must be calling me to somewhere foreign and far away where I don't fit in and I don't look like I belong. And I think what we miss is the reality is sometimes the, the disciples of all nations, what we realize and miss out is the go. Like go now. And the go for you, for I would, I would say the go for each and every one of you right now is in your house, is on your team, is in your school, is in your neighborhood, is with your mom and your dad and your siblings and your extended family. I think sometimes we see this and we go, well, I, I, I can only fulfill the Great Commission if I am going internationally, if I'm going out of my comfort zone. But the reality is sometimes this go... For all of you right now, this go means right as soon as you leave here, who are you engaging with? The next person that you meet, that is the go. It's, it's saying, don't stay cooped up in here. What Jesus is saying is, hey, I'm getting ready to leave, and when I leave, don't just continue to pal around and hang out with one another and never engage other people. No, go. Like, go to your neighbor. Go to your bro- older brother. Go to your younger sister. Go to mom and dad. Go to the captain on your team. Go to the freshman who looks up to you. Go, like, and sometimes go is right outside your door. And then sometimes go is God's pulling you and calling you to go a little bit further than you may initially feel comfortable with. But the reality is, is we need to just do that. We just need to go. We see right right before this, Jesus called the disciples to go to this mountain, and they went. That's an easy, small level of obedience. And maybe your go is to your next door neighbor and God's going to do incredible things through that. Maybe for some of you, God's beginning to develop in you that the go is much further. But the way that we fulfill the Great Commission is that we just act in obedience. Because here's what I know. If we went, if we went and we began to fulfill this. We begin to make small investments in the lives of people and those around us. Green High School and Lake High School and Lake Center and Glen Oak and Jackson and Maslin and Perry and everything from Lake Erie south in northeastern Ohio would be overcome by the gospel and people would come to know who Jesus is and people would be encouraged to go deeper in their relationship with him and incredible things would happen. And that's really what it is, is just to go and make disciples. And so you see that go, and I think we see go therefore, and we see all nations, but we miss out on the middle part, and that is to make disciples. It's to make disciples. 
What is a disciple? It is somebody who is, in this context, passionately following Jesus. And go make them. And notice here, it doesn't say go save people. Like, you want to be freed of, respons- of, 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 of a weighted responsibility? It is not your job, it is not my job to save people. That is the work of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone through the power of Jesus and overcoming death. It's so like when you walk in to a group of people, don't think, I have to save these people. Say, Lord, give me opportunities to point these people to you so that you can save them and so that I can walk beside them in life. Like, I think we get caught up in these moments where we go, man, I have to save lost people. No, 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 no. That is God's job. Our job is to make disciples. And so what does a disciple look like? I, I spent some time with my, my good buddy, Dane, who's been making small and incredibly large investments in my life. And we talked through this this week. And so there are four types of quote-unquote disciple. And so it starts and it, and it works through this, 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 this nice flow that it builds upon itself. And so the first type of disciple is, in fact, just disciple. And disciple means to be a learner. And so when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, you're saying, I am going to be a disciple of Jesus. I am going to follow him, and I'm going to be a learner of what he's calling me to do. And then from there, as you are learning and as you are growing, what then begins to happen is the word discipleship. And that suffix, that ship suffix, in this has, the, the, the suffix ship can have some different meanings, but the best meaning for this means that they are a skilled person. It means that you have a skill. So if you have a skill in disciple, you have discipleship, that means that you're a skilled learner. That means kind of what we encourage you to do a couple weeks ago with growth, to get away from elementary doctrine, to say, I'm going to press on, I'm going to stretch myself to be a skilled learner. I'm going to take it to the next level. I am going to engage in discipleship where I am learning at an incredible rate about Jesus. And it is, it is, it is with intentionality and it is with focus. Once you find yourself saying, I am engaging in discipleship, then that's when we start to have the opportunity to fulfill the Great Commission. And that means that we have the opportunity to go into a discipling relationship with someone else. And that's essentially what discipling means is to guide someone. So this is the moment where I engaged in a relationship with Marshall. In a discipling relationship, I said, hey, I want to help guide you through some of these seasons of life. But we still have not gotten to the point where Jesus calls us to make disciples. And the last and the fourth and the final piece of discipleship, of being a disciple, of discipling, is to, in fact, become a disciple maker. And that is where, follow me, track with me here, that is where you have spiritual grandkids, okay? That is where, I know, I know, I know, I know it's weird, but you as a high school student, can have a spiritual grandchild. That is where you look and you go, I am pouring into this person, I am discipling this person in such a way, and they are being such a disciple, and they are engaging in such discipleship that they go, this is too good, I have to give this to somebody else. And so becoming a disciple maker means that I am pouring into somebody who is then pouring into someone else in this kind of relationship. I'm not taking credit for this, but just to give you a picture of it, as Marshall plants his church, that's one of the places where I can say I have moved into disciple maker because I have poured into Marshall and now he's going to go and he's going to pour into hundreds of other people. But here's the thing. Here's the best part. You are still a disciple maker. If you go, I poured into my, my younger sibling 
and I disciple them, and I'm maybe now getting ready to prepare for college, but as I'm discipling them, and I am, I'm growing with them and helping them grow in this, they're pouring into our youngest sibling. And so you may say, yeah, it's my youngest brother, but it's also my spiritual grandson. Because you poured into someone who's then pouring into someone else. And so that is what it looks like to fulfill this portion. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. It is not just to say, I am going to learn and I'm going to know God's word and I'm going to pursue him in an active way. You are not fulfilling the great commission yet. You may say, hey, I'm pouring into somebody and this is great. Like I have a relationship. Maybe I'm leading FCS or FCA at my school and I'm pouring into people. Or maybe you go, man, my, my, I'm even pouring into my parents. Like they, like I started to come to this place and they saw what's going on. And so now I get to pour into them. Maybe it's somebody on your team or somebody at school. But if they're not pouring into somebody else, you are not yet fulfilling the Great Commission. What, what we need to do to fulfill the Great Commission is to ensure that that person we're pouring into is pouring into somebody else. And guys, that's how we got to where we are in 2019. Because Jesus poured into these disciples, and what they decided that they would do is they would fulfill this great commission, and so they went out and they continued to reproduce it over and over and over again for over 2,000 years to the point where we go, thank you, Jesus, because you poured in to 12 men who became 11 men who then became hundreds of men and women and thousands and millions and billions to the point where I am the direct recipient of Jesus' teaching in the way that he made disciples. And so that's, 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 that may seem daunting, but really, what, how do we get to that point? We make small investments. Like There are some of you in here who have a platform at your school or on your team or in the avenues that you walk in and through that people look up to you. Like Jesus saying, go meet me at the mountain. For you might be say, Jesus saying, hey, go engage that underclassman. Go engage that friend because you have a platform because God has given you an ability and a gift to bring glory to him. And it may be shooting a basketball through a hoop. You might have the incredible ability to get a, a sphere through a basket. When we boil it down, it doesn't seem that hard, but some of you have been skilled in such a way that people look at you and go, man, he can really get that sphere through that, through that ring. Like really well. And then there's some of you who like, not only can you throw it at it, you can throw it through it. And like, people are like, wow, he can really do that. Like if we, if we boil it down to you, some of you have been given an incredible ability to take a brush and dip it in paint and slap it on a canvas and produce something that is beautiful. Like essentially what you can do is you can arrange paint in a greater way than other people can arrange paint. But that's a gift that you've been given. Don't minimize that. And that's how we make these small investments. Because there is someone else who's looking up to you and says, man, I really wish I could throw a sphere through a ring in the way that they do. I really wish I could arrange paint on a canvas in the way that they do. I really wish that I could make my vocal cords bounce up and down and hit certain things in a way that they do. I wish that I could hit a spherical ball with a wooden or aluminum tube in a way that they can. 
I wish that I could calculate numbers. I could write down numbers and see things in the way that they do. Like, let's be honest. All of you have gifts and talents that you have, that God has poured into you, that you can use for his glory, that people look up to you and say, man, I wish I could do this, quote unquote, simple task like they do with efficiency. Some of you have the incredible ability to sit down and make anyone in the room feel comfortable because God has given you that ability. It's just small investments. It's saying, hey man, after school today, let's go grab some ice cream. Hey, after school today, let's go to Starbucks and just sit down and just talk. Hey, after practice, hey, I realized in the game, like you're, you're dropping your elbow and your shot. Let's work on that. Hey, I looked at what you have, and I think if you saw, like, I, I just noticed a couple things in your, in your approach to how you paint or in your approach to how you do this, I think I might be able to help you find a way that's more efficient. Hey, I heard you, and you were a little bit flat there or a little bit sharp, and all you need to do is you need to make sure, I don't know. I don't know what it is because I'm not good at that. But it's small investments that you make along the way to the point where they go, this person cares about me. And then it leads you to a moment where you have the opportunity to say, hey, it might sound weird, like, but like, we've been, like, I really, I, I think there's incredible potential in your life. And I'd love, like, I see incredible potential. God is using great things in your life. He's used things in my life to connect with you. And, I, you know, it, it may sound weird, but there's this group of people that meet on Sunday mornings where we want to push one another forward. And I think you would just enjoy to engage with this group of people. And it may feel a little bit awkward, and it may feel a little bit strange or foreign, but I think you would really enjoy it. We call it church. And I know you may have an idea of what church is, but I promise you, this is not what that is. And small investments lead to an opportunity where you have the opportunity to make a large investment in their life. Where they look up to you, let's be honest, we see it all the time. There are students across the board that look up to some people in such a great way, they would be willing to do anything to gain influence in their lives. Like, let's be honest, 50% of Instagram is watching people do that. The things that we laugh about or say, what an idiot or whatever, it's because they are trying to gain influence in the person who they look up to's life. And so make small investments along the way. Verse 19, we'll get into this next week, but it says this. The other two things that we need to do, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that next week. And then the last week, we'll talk about verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so maybe you're sitting here this morning saying, Ryan, I know I need to make small investments. I don't know what that looks like. Can you give me some practical and some real examples? Like, what do I do to get to the point where I can do these things? Here's the thing I love. The same doctor that wrote the book, the Gospel of Luke, also wrote Acts. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. It's the early church. It's the birth of the early church. And he records one of the things that Jesus says before he ascends, and this is what it is, the ascension. So when they come, they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them this, it is not for me to know the times or the season 
that the Father has fixed his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And I think what we need to realize is when we have entered into a relationship with Jesus, we get to, we get to experience the fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes over us and helps us and guides us. And we see this a little bit more. Jesus spoke to what this would, this, this would do, how it would ship, shift and change our lives in, 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 in John's account. It says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send to you in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. What he's saying is, hey, go into those situations. Go make those small investments. And when you need something that is beyond you, when you need an opportunity to connect to this person on a spiritual level, don't worry. The Holy Spirit, who is the great helper, will come and he will provide to you. He will bring to mind things that you have learned from my word. So we're not in this alone. Like as we're fulfilling the great commission, we received the greatest gift that we could ever receive to move this forward in the Holy Spirit John tells us of Jesus telling us that we will experience in those moments when we make small investments and we say, I am going to take a step forward. I am going to begin to fulfill the great commission in my life. When you find yourself in that moment, the Holy Spirit will take over. You can say, Jesus, take the wheel. The Holy Spirit says, I got this one. And the Holy Spirit will guide you and bring things to your mind that you have engaged and that you have seen and that you have read and that you have hidden in your heart from God's word, that will take that conversation to the next level. What is needed to be said, the Holy Spirit will bring to mind. And so the way that we begin to fulfill the Great Commission, the way that we make disciples, you've got to be doing it yourself. Like, no, if you find yourself saying, I'm trying to make disciples, but I'm not engaging in a relationship with Jesus myself, it's not going to happen. There's a method in which it must happen. And you must say, I am a disciple. I'm learning. I am now becoming an expert learner. I've pulled someone into my life, and now they're pouring into someone else. The way that we make disciples, the way that we fulfill the Great Commission is through small investments. It happens through coffees. It happens through text messages. It happens through likes and comments and DMs. It happens through small investments that lead to incredible moments where the Holy Spirit takes over and we find ourselves saying, I am just a vessel to fulfill God's mission of making disciples of all nations. I'm doing it in my neighborhood. I'm doing it in my team. I'm doing it in my classmates. I'm doing it in the world and we begin to do that, we realize that small investments lead to eternity. And people spend eternity somewhere, and we want to push them towards Jesus so they can experience eternity with him. So guys, my challenge for you this morning, my trust is that the Holy Spirit has identified in you those people that he is calling you to engage. And my challenge for you is just make some small investments and see what the Spirit, see what God does with those as we go out and we begin to take the steps, the necessary steps to fulfill the Great Commission. Guys, it happens through small investments. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Lord, it's my prayer and my hope that you have brought 
people into our hearts and into our minds. You have laid that on us, that we cannot deny it, that you are calling us to engage with that person. And Father, it's my prayer that we would just be obedient. We would display small obedience to just talk to that person, reach out to them, engage them, make them feel welcome, make them feel loved. And through that, Lord, it develops a relationship that creates an opportunity for your spirit to come and take over and point them to your truth. Lord, we understand, we believe that the, the reason you called us to this is so that more people can experience your hope, that they can know who Jesus is, that they can put their trust in him, and that they can follow him for their lives, and that they can turn around and engage new people. Lord, it is, it is not about us. It is 100% about you, and it is 100% about building your kingdom so that others can experience authentic, real hope that is found in you and in your son. And so, Lord, give us those opportunities. Put us in a position where we can make a small investment in the life of a friend or a family member so that they can experience you as we pursue the calling you placed on our lives to fulfill the greatest commission that you've ever given, and that's to bring people to you. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to sing one last song. So if you stand and sing that with me. to love.